Brian Powell of I Run Far here with Scotty Hawker after his third place finish at the 2019 UTMB. How are you, Scotty? Yeah, really good. Yeah, that was quite the performance out there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it didn't kind of quite go to plan um, early on, but um, yeah, to kind of hang in there and um, yeah, just give myself a chance to to you know to stay in the race was um, yeah, ended up. What went well. wrong early? Um, just yeah, like before before the contamine, um, just legs that just felt flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was having a few issues with my kind of hamstring sciatic nerve kind of stuff, which was basically what hampered all of last season. Um, so I was yeah, kind of like just after Saint Gervais, I was like far out here we go again you know sort of mm-hmm. back to the same old same old and um yeah and so basically got to eventually got to Les Chapieux I think I dropped to nearly 40th position um I'd walked half that descent people were just flying past walking me going, downhill on the first yeah, in the first 50k I yeah. was like oh this isn't quite how the script was supposed to go um but yeah arrived into Les Chapieux and then um literally as I arrived um I was about to say to the organization people just like hey I'm I'm out can I get a ride back to Cormier <laughs> And um, yeah, Jason Schlab and another buddy, Harry Jones, came in and um, just a couple of bits of you know advice and words from two really good friends at the right time. Yeah. And um, yeah, just like sort of, you know, them saying that, I was just like... Well, what did they say? Oh, basically, Jason just sort of said, um, you know, like, you know, you're better than this and give yourself some time. And then, yeah, Harry basically just said, you know, there's still a lot, a lot of time to go and... Um, yeah, once I sort of just said to myself, all right, we'll just head out of the ship here and we'll just, we'll, we'll see what happens. Did Ludovic Pomeray ever cross your mind? It, it, it did actually, yeah, yeah. So I remember, I think, was it 2015? Yeah, 15, yeah. 16. Um, yeah, knowing that I think he was having some stomach issues, like he came into an aid station as wide as a ghost and his crew were like, Ludo, you're, you know, you're done. And, you know, kind of, yeah, I did think about how he bounced back. And um, to be honest, I didn't think I was going to bounce back to third place. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, as I kind of left Le Chapeau and got further into the race, I just started feeling better and better, and I finally felt like I was kind of running and moving in the mountains how I knew I could based off how training and stuff had been going. So, you know, like a bit of motivation from that, and all of a sudden started passing the you know thirty something people that had passed me on, on the downland to Le Chapeau. Do you think that's a, a like a mental a good mental boost like at that middle part of the race? Yeah, for sure. Like it was just um, I mean the first sort of, I don't know, dozen people that I passed, I was like, oh, okay, the other guys, and girl, you know, uh, the lead lead female the, at the time, I think, was the Chinese runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she just flew past me. I was like, oh, man, like, you know, she was just moving so well. And I was like, I want to run like that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, once I sort of started catching a few people and then sort of started, you know, running in and around some of the guys that I knew were going to be contending for the podium and top five, top ten, yeah, started to get a bit of motivation from that, which definitely spurred things on, and um, yeah, just just kept at it really. And when did you feel like you were like when during the race were you thinking, I've you know this could be a special day? Yeah, I think I'm um, probably coming into Cormier. Like I, I knew that I'd passed a few people, but I didn't really know how many because mm-hmm. so many had passed me basically on the climb up to Col du Bonhomme and then down to Les Chapieux. And then yeah, when I arrived into Cormier, someone told me that I was in tenth. I was sort of like far out. Like when, when did that happen? And then I sort of thought, well moving how I'd been moving and now I'm in 10th, like basically in a roundabout way, I kind of arrived to call my year almost where I want. I mean, I was like position-wise, I was where I wanted to be. Like time-wise, I was way off where I wanted to be for sure. But um, at the end of the day, sometimes the time doesn't matter. It's the, the position. So, um, yeah, and then basically, yeah, climbing out of Cormayeur up to Refuge Baton, um, started, yeah, passing a few guys. And I think I climbed up to sixth um, by Refuge Baton. And- now, how do you – were you like pushing then or were you – 
still able to control? No, I'd um, basically decided, um, like, before the race, I mean, as everyone does, like, oh, you know, the race begins mm. at Champé-Lac, you know, you've got to run easy until then. And um, I really was really trying to stick as true to I, as I could to yeah. that and just sort of, even though I was feeling really good and I felt like I could have just, you know, opened up the tanks well, and just... how do you do that? I mean, cause you're also passing lots of people, people from being further Yeah. Back, so how... I was just sort of, yeah, just trying to stay... Uh, just as current in, in the moment as I could, you know, like checking in on my nutrition, how's my form going, am I staying hydrated? And I knew that Saturday was going to be really hot, so mm-hmm. it was kind of just, I guess I was just trying to set myself up to arrive to Champagne, basically ready to race essentially, which again sounds crazy, 125 can, oh, okay, I'm ready to race now, but that was kind of what I felt needed to happen to hopefully have a good uh, result. So, so you get there. Yeah, and so then, I got there and it was just, a, again, just more motivation, just like an amazing feeling to be that deep into the race. Um, in, I think I was in fourth position then. Um, but also knowing that like there were guys like breathing down my neck. I think Tom Owens was just behind me. Um, probably some of you don't have feelings. No, like, and that guy, you want to see that guy run downhill and he's got a dodgy ankle at the moment and he was just like insane going down. And um, so, yeah, basically that last little pinch as you get up to Champé-Lac, um, I'd basically hiked this part of this climb and then I turned back and see Tom and he's just sort of like prancing up the hill. I'm like, oh, okay, this is yeah. going to be a battle. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of figured that I just, I'd gotten this far and there was no way I was just going to roll over. And, and I mean, I thought even if Tom catches me and passes me, I wasn't going to let him have it easy. So yeah. I just thought the, the faster I move, the smoother I move, if I can run some of the gradual uphills and force Tom to at least run those to catch up to me, I thought, you know, that's going to make it harder for him. So. Now, was it... You kind of had a person to focus on in Tom. Like, was it easier to have that than to think of like the field more generally, either yeah, chasing them or? Um, I think Tom was probably the guy I was like kind of scared of the most. Okay, he just stood um, out just because he was so close, and um, I felt like if anyone was going to catch me, it was probably going to be Tom. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of a strange feeling because I was feeling pretty good. I was always just thinking like, who's in front of me? Who's in front of me? And knowing, really? Yeah. And knowing that like Robert was there and then even Xavier because I, I felt like I was moving well enough that if I, you know, kept things going, then same deal. I just thought, we'll just see what happens and see who I can catch. And um, is, is that a really cool thought to be like three quarters of the way through UTMB and like, <laughs> maybe I got Xavier who's having a good race. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. And like, it's just been a real kind of, I guess, switch with, with this year and, um, kind of my my goals and aspirations I guess as a runner and as an athlete have kind of changed a lot just mm-hmm. with having some relatively consistent training um, and just a bit more self-belief that yeah like my it just I just took a big hit last year with um, races not going to plan yeah, and I'd, um, I'd like, like to talk about that a little bit like you had some many years like solid results and yeah. then like a period of time that was for you I not was, up to par no it was a train wreck you know like it was just literally race after race whether it was my kind of hamstring sciatic stuff going on or last year a lot of it was to do with my stomach and so yeah like literally the end of last year i was chatting with my wife liz i was just like babe like i don't know if i can do this anymore like my body and my stomach isn't allowing me to kind of race how i want to race and how i feel like i can race yeah. um and then yeah we just sort of thought let's just go back to the drawing board like what's the biggest issue at the moment which was my stomach. So I spoke to a nutritionist, changed out the nutrition plan um, for general day-to-day kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then also obviously for race day as well. Um, So yeah, changing all of that up and all of a sudden, you know, if you're in a race and you can actually eat and keep nutrition down, it's amazing what you can do sort of thing. So um, So what did you change like day-to-day? Did you have a huge switch? um, We'd been vegetarian for quite a while Mm -hmm. and then basically switched to a full vegan diet um, about 14 months ago, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, for me, it was basically just cutting out a lot of dairy, milk and cheese and stuff like that as much as I love them. It's just my stomach doesn't love it. 
Um, so more of a, a practical change. Yeah, than, uh, exactly. So it's not, um, I mean, it, it is changing gradually with regards to kind of the animals and the environment mm -hmm. and stuff, and that's becoming more important for sure. Um, but it's purely just from a performance standpoint, mm -hmm. like I feel like I recover faster, um, my stomach's happier kind of day to day, and then the flow from that is then going to races and sort of, now I feel confident, you know, like even with the heat yesterday, like it wasn't until probably the last hour that I was having a couple of those kind of burps where you feel like you're going to follow through a little <laughs> bit. Um, but like, yeah, apart from that, it was kind of like I had a happy stomach yeah. pretty much all day yesterday. So it was, um, yeah, just an awesome feeling to be able to just just eat and eat and run so and, uh, yeah your, your race day nutrition worked out as well then. yeah it's been um just kind of reverting back to kind of more solid foods and stuff um normally in the past like i've actually had like a really strong stomach in the sense i can i could just take gels and chews and drinks but obviously with all of the sugar and the you know kind of gels and that i was just drinking so much fluid and stuff and then end up just loading up mm -hmm. and just um yeah downhills were just a nightmare with all the sloshing in the guts and stuff so so you you start to you enter the outskirts of Chamonix here. You're in third place. <laughs> yeah. I. What does that feel like? And then coming across the line, what's? Yeah, it was just um. Oh, I was yeah, just overcome with emotion. Like I just yeah, like I I dreamed of getting on the podium of UTMB. Um, but I just yeah, like I wasn't really sure if it could happen or would happen. Um, so to kind of yeah, get on the outskirts of Chamonix and then running into town, kind of feeling like I I got the job done was just. Yeah, it was just unreal and I made sure I kind of ran pretty hard into town because I said to Sienna, my daughter, before the race, I said, oh, you know, we always say to Sienna, like, if there's not too much, you know, time between, you know, Papa and some of the other guys, then I'll see you right at the finish line, whereas if I've got a bit of a buffer, then we can hold hands and run down the finishing chute. So, yeah, I just hammered the last 5K of the descent, knowing that if I had a bit of a buffer, then we could, yeah, hold hands across the finish line, which is, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the number one for me is just sharing those moments with her and, and with Liz as well, so... Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, out of the, you know, sort of front of the pack, like, it was you who had, well, you're, a lot of them had a, a spouse, but yeah. Sienna was out there. Like, it's so yeah. cool. Like, what is it like for you? Yeah, it's just awesome. Like, um, yeah, like, we, we wouldn't have it any other way, you know. Like, some people sort of, like, maybe look at what we're doing and kind of dragging a three-year-old around the mountains of, you know, Chamonix, Courmayeur, uh, middle of the night you, and stuff. You can hear and, her, like, laughing over, like, she's yeah. having yeah, a she's ball. A, yeah, she's a pretty, pretty happy we could, um. <laughs> And yeah, we just sort of yeah feel like the environment that we can expose her to through trail and ultra running is just um it's just so amazing. And um, having her at the A station, you know, asking Papa if he wants a, you know some mashed potato or some sushi rice or some chips or coke or whatever is just um it's just such a boost. And like for me, obviously, to race is amazing for me as a person. But then to be able to share it with the two of them is just um I mean, it just makes an already amazing experience you know that much better. So awesome. Well, congratulations, Scotty. Awesome. Thanks so Thank much. You. Cheers. Uh, a bonus question for you, Scotty. Uh, I have some people after the race asking, what shoes were you wearing? Because it's maybe not a brand or whatever that folks no, have seen around. Yeah, so I had a, um, I've got the Kylas Fuga Pro. Um, yeah, so the ones I wore yesterday for the race were a limited edition uh, NASA um, pair. So they, well, they were white to start with. Yeah, they were, they were <laughs> yeah, white-ish. They were white, yeah, they were white-ish at the finish. Um, but yeah, and I've been running in the Fuga Pro since uh, probably December last year. And um, yeah, just an awesome shoe and combining a great shoe with the Vibram Light Base. Um, it's kind of like you're getting a super comfy, you know, good performance yeah. shoe. And then obviously the Vibram Light Base I mean, speaks for itself. Well, it's, um, maybe it doesn't because we don't do like many art we don't do articles on like specific components but yeah i've used life base like tell me tell me a little bit like 
give me the, the yeah, 20 seconds so feel. Yeah, it's basically the, I mean, the traditional Vibram Mega Grip has obviously been around for years. It's mm -hmm. on hiking shoes and running shoes and stuff. And then I think it was about three or four years ago, they basically made the same kind of grip, same performance and everything, but basically 30% lighter. So they can basically, with the Vibram truck that's here in Chamonix and also goes to um, the Laverado as well, they can basically resole a pair of shoes. They can make the shoes lighter and the performance of the shoe increases with regards to traction. And, and there are some stuff. shoes that have it. In yeah, so there well. are now. Yeah. So yeah, the Kylas, um, and I think there's a few other brands yep. that also have the light bases kind of standard on their shoes now. And um, it's just, yeah, brands and athletes becoming more aware of the benefits of, of the light base. Um, and it's yeah, just a good thing to have on your feet when you're out in the mountains. Cool. Thank you, Scotty. Congratulations. Cheers, man.